Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Life Changing Radio WJMM. So grateful that you've joined us. For more information about the show, please email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org uh, or just go to our website, thehopeencounter.org. And for more information, uh, you, c- you can do that. And I hope you had a great, great Christmas. I uh, hope you are blessed with you and your family. And once again, thank you for tuning in. Well, this week on the Encounter Radio Show, uh, I work with a great guy. I, I love Ryan West. Uh, we're, we're co-partners in crime on staff at Church of the Savior. Uh, Ryan West is our care pastor, but he's so much more. He's got a great story. Uh, you're going to hear part of his story. Uh, you can hear uh, some of his uh, some of the things that he does in ministry with World Rangers. It's a great ministry that he's been a part of for a long, long time. You're going to hear about that. You're going to hear about God brought him back. And just like many of us, we start off with God, and and somehow we get detoured. We we go down a road we shouldn't go, and before you know it, it's it's a long time where we don't even know how to find our way back. But thank God. Uh, for praying parents. Thank God for a praying church. Thank God for people with faith that never, ever give up. And you should never, ever give up on anyone. And people didn't give up on Ryan. And I'm so grateful because now Ryan is living out the calling of God on his life. And he's an inspiration to me. He's a friend of mine. We work together. Uh, he preaches. He preaches like a house on fire. He helps me at Encounter as well. He preaches on Sunday at Church of the Savior. And for more information about Church of the Savior, please go to churchofthesavior.net uh, for our service times. Uh, every Sunday, from we have a service at 9 and 11. Every Sunday, we'd love for you to join us on Sunday as well. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you to my friend, Ryan West. Ryan, say hello to our friends. Hey, everybody. Thank you, Bill, my brother from another mother. I just got one question. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) Well, Ryan knows how to do a little New York accent because he's got a a little background in production and being in plays. He was actually in Jersey Boys. He's going to tell you more about that. Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your story, your upbringing, and uh, sort of what uh, led you to Christ and what brought you back to Christ? Well, I grew up here in Kentucky, born and raised, grew up in Nicholasville, moved to Lexington when I was 13 years old, was a graduate of Tate's Creek High School, and went to First Assembly of God on the corner of Clay's Mill in Pasadena, was heavily involved in Royal Rangers, which you mentioned, and also the youth group, and I found out very quickly that I had talent in the in the arts singing acting dancing performing public speaking and I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with it until I got to high school and I helped out in the youth group worship band you know stuff like that and I actually thought about going into the ministry but as I said I had this crazy talent. to I loved being on the stage. And I gave my life to the Lord at a young age, um, really got serious about the Lord in, in high school. And I thought, well, I'm going to try and go into acting. And I had a great drama teacher at Tate's Creek, Lisa Osterman, a great choir director, uh, Barry Turner, who's no longer with us. And I did a thing called National Foundation for Advancements in the Arts does a high school talent search. And it's, I mean, it's everywhere from you can write poetry to play a violin. Well, I did spoken and musical theater, which meant I had to do a monologue and I had to do a song. 
And I made an audition tape and we sent it in. And through that, a guy by the name of Ken Washington, who worked with the Guthrie Theater up in Minneapolis, saw that tape. And I went to the University of Minnesota and worked with the Guthrie Theater and was part of their inaugural class, the BFA Actor Training Program up in, at the University of Minnesota. And got to work with some amazing people with that. But it took me down a path that was not the best. And I'll never forget, you know, the God, God always has a calling on our life. We only have one of two choices. We either obey or we don't. And I'll never forget, the Lord spoke to me about something. And I actually wrote this down in a journal. I said, Lord, I hear you, but I'm choosing not to listen. And when we choose not to listen to God, that's one of the worst things that we can do. Because he, he said, okay. He said, all right, you want to do what you want to do? Go ahead. Took his hand off me. And that took me down a path that led to eventually a almost 20-year prodigal journey of addiction, mainly with alcohol, but also with drugs. I woke up in the hospital a couple times not knowing how I got there. And it started very slowly. It wasn't just something that I woke up one day and I was a different person. You know, I tell people all the time, Satan doesn't got nothing but time. Well, his time will come to an end one day, but he's got time and he, he will work slow. And it, it, it's like water. It'll just seep in. It, it finds those cracks, you know, wherever you can go, wherever he can go. And... Um, Right out of college, a couple years out of college, I moved to Los Angeles. And um, I, was, I wasn't out there that long, and I got cast, as you said, I got cast in Jersey Boys, which took me to New York and took me to San Francisco and took me down, and we sat down uh, in Chicago. We were the second longest-running Broadway and Chicago show other than, other than Wicked. But the party lifestyle was so available you could be at a party or be at a bar and drugs were available. It was all right in your face. And I always tell people that I had so many people around me. You know, people wanted your autograph. They were waiting at the stage door. But I was so alone because I, I wasn't following the Lord. Well, Everything must come to an end eventually. And eventually the show closed. And at that point, I was... I was I was in bad shape. I was in really bad shape. Couldn't get a job, um, was living on unemployment, and was basically spending all my money at, at the bars and hanging out. And um, eventually, I had to move home. I moved home, got sober for a little bit, and then moved back out to L.A. And the whole thing started again. And I was on a, a seven-year bender is basically what I was. And um, I lost almost everything. I lost jobs. And it, it will actually be five years, December 26th, that I was let go the day after Christmas. And you said, thank God for praying parents. Yes. Um, I told my parents what happened. And my parents could have said, Ryan, you're, a, you're in your mid-30s. You... You made your bed. You lie in it. 
But they said, son, we think you need to come home. So I went back out to California. Didn't stop doing the things that I was doing. Dad flew all the way out to California. The father came to the pig pen to help his son get out of the mud. We packed all my stuff up in one of those cubes, shipped it back home to Kentucky, and um, we drove back to Kentucky. Got here, and my parents said, well, if you're going to live at home, you've got curfew, you're going to do this, you're going to get a job, you're going to be going to church, you're going to meet with people, and that if you're going to live under our roof, that's what that's what you're going to have to do. Well, I didn't want to do that. Boundaries <laughs> I mean, and accountability. Uh, yeah, <laughs> boundaries and accountability. But I'm like, I'm a 30-something-year-old man. Like, you're telling me that you're going to be treating me like a teenager again with a curfew? I didn't want to do that. But I knew, I knew that I, I didn't honestly have really any other any other options. So I started meeting with a man who was uh, in our church, Stuart Thompson, who's now up in New York, and he just started counseling me, just talking to me, met me right where I was, and he said something to me that I don't know, you know, it was like the light bulb came on. And he says, Ryan. He said, I bet I can tell you what your life is like. I said, well, go by all means, buddy, go right ahead. He says, I bet it feels like a roller coaster, doesn't it? I'm like, uh, yeah, like you're not telling me anything that I don't know here, buddy. He says, no, hear me out. I said, okay. He says, you're, you're in your cart, and you know things are going good. You're, you're going up the hill, you know, everything's good. And then you decide to have that first drink or you decide to take that first puff or whatever it is. And then you start on that downhill slope and things start ramping up and things get crazy. And eventually you hit a bump and boom, the cart goes flying off the track. You got to put it all back together, put it back on the track and start the whole thing over again. I'm like, yeah, man, I know what the definition of insanity is. It should do the same thing over and over again, thinking that you're going to get a different outcome. And he says, no, you're absolutely right. He goes, I know I'm not tell you, telling you anything revolutionary here. He says, but I do have a question for you. He says, why do you keep putting your cart back on the same track? That's a great question. And I couldn't, I couldn't answer it, but it turned a light on in my head. Something's got to change. And I didn't necessarily know, well, I didn't, I knew what it was, but I didn't want to admit, because I tried for almost 20 years to fix myself up. I thought that I had to check off some boxes, clean myself up a little bit, and then I would be worthy enough to go in front of God saying, hey, look, look what I've done now. I've cleaned myself up. Then I'd be worthy of his forgiveness. That's just a lie from the enemy. Yes. The Lord says, come to me just as you are, not as you think you need to be. And that's one of the amazing things about our Lord and Savior. And I'll tell you more about when he really did meet me on the next show. Well, it's obviously apparent that uh, your parents didn't lose hope. Mm-hmm. And while you lost a lot of things... Uh, there was still hope inside of you. Uh, you may have had a hard time trying to tap into it, but you never lost it. Because once we lose hope, we're, we're a goner. 
that's when so many people give up. But you never really did give up. You were just in this sick cycle of doing these same things, getting back on that cart, it crashing, let's get on the ride again. And it never starts out as something major, uh, but it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And, and, uh, and you said something that your dad came uh, to get you. You know, I think in so many cases, you know, the story of the prodigal son and your story is, is a prodigal story. We only see the father waiting for the son to return. But I think there are millions of cases where the father has gone out uh, to go get because he searches. And he loves us too much to leave us in the condition that we're at. Uh, tell us, uh, we got about a minute or so, uh, you know, deep down, even in the midst of your struggle, I know that you had a sense that with the foundation that you had growing up, there was still something in there that made you believe. Well, I think the thing that's hard is I did walk very closely with the Lord all through high school. Yeah. As as believers, when we know what we're doing is sin, we know what we're doing is wrong, for some reason, repentance is really hard for us. And it shouldn't be because repentance, and you don't hear that word a lot in church anymore. There's sin and you need to repent of it. But repentance is God's way of drawing you to Him. Yeah. And But I did always have hope. And I always, and even in the midst, looking back, I can see how the Holy Spirit was wooing me. Because in 2 Peter, it says He's patient with us. And He desires all men to come to repentance. Well, that's an amazing story, amazing statement. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Encounter Radio Show. you got to tune in tomorrow, same time, 11.15 a.m. on 99.1.